Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots. Today's episode is all about subliminal messaging. And the reason why we're starting this conversation is because it actually stems from, if you listen to our last week's episode, you know, Shannon and I were physically together in the same space. And during our hangout, I had Shannon listen to a little bit of Olivia Rodrigo's music. And there's a part which I'll dive into in a minute, but there's a part where I was like, Shannon, did you hear that? And that just really stems this whole episode where I'm like, wait, it would be really fun to talk about subliminal messaging on today's podcast episode. So how are you feeling, Shannon? I'm good. I learned a lot researching this. I definitely, I kind of knew the general idea of subliminal messaging, but I didn't know that it, I just thought it was real. And it turns out that there is a controversy over it. Does it work? Mm -hmm. Does it not work in affecting you, especially in advertising? Is it an effective tool? And then obviously it's people equate it to kind of brainwashing. So there's a lot of backlash on it and some countries have banned it and it's just this whole thing. So I didn't know all of that. Yeah, exactly. There are some ethical concerns about subliminal messaging and Just again, to your point, does it work or does it not work? And today we're here to break down the research that we have found on this topic. Okay. So subliminal stimulation is a sensory stimulation that is below a person's threshold for perception. So it can't be seen by the naked eye or consciously heard. And there's this whole belief or practice of threshold of perception. So you just have to think of it like anything that you can see is supra liminal. Anything you can't see or hear distinctly is subliminal. So that whole threshold, I didn't know about. I didn't know that there was, I mean, it's obvious because there are things that we can obviously perceive. And then there are things that we can't perceive. But subliminal messages have been used in advertising, and it's, again, like we said, it's questionable whether or not they work. And the scientific exploration of subliminal messaging has been maturing basically since the 1950s, and that's when the public became aware, and that's kind of when the outcry came out of, whoa, 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 we don't want to be brainwashed, because that's the big fear, is brainwashing. Mm -hmm. So subliminal messaging would be a word flashes across the screen without you realizing. But something like product placement would be super liminal. So somebody in a TV show is drinking Coke, a Coca-Cola, and the label is facing towards you. That's not subliminal because it's right there. And maybe you're not actively thinking about that Coke, but you can physically see it and it's there. But if if they flash that image, and I think there's like a certain millisecond where our brain cannot register a image. So if it's below those milliseconds, then that's subliminal because you can't, you don't know it's there. Right. Exactly. And I feel like working in advertising, I definitely pick up and notice product placements in TV shows, movies, all of that. And it's, very apparent to me, but I also wonder, uh, to your point, it is conscious. Like if somebody pointed it out or if you're just scanning everything, maybe you wouldn't think about it per se, but it's not like they're hiding it. Right. 
upon a, a second review, it'd be easy to see it there. Whereas mm-hmm. subliminal messaging, you really have to slow down the video to see, you know, it has to be a lot more fast and kind of like cryptic. Exactly. And our subconsciousness is more powerful than consciousness when it comes to processing information. So the subconscious can process 20,000 bits of information simultaneously, where consciousness can only deal to seven (laughs) plus or minus two bits of information at the same time. So like you're not thinking about breathing right now, but you are. So that's kind of where your subconscious is working. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're kind of trying to target these, the processing in the background, you know. To our knowledge, the subliminal messages target two senses. It's pretty much just basically visual and auditory. And visual stimuli, again, can be anything that's crossed a, a flashed across the screen. And audio can be something where it's played at really low levels or it's masked by other sounds, or maybe you have to run it backwards to hear what it's saying. That's where audio is. So those are the two senses that they try to target the most. Yeah. And technically, and technically there are other senses. I mean, we all know our five senses, smell, taste, and touch, but those two, the visual and audio are definitely the top one. Although I would say smell is definitely a top contender in my book. I mean, think about Auntie Annie's, like you're running to the mall and you just smell (laughs) the pretzel. Are you going into M&M world and you walk by and you just smell chocolate? But I would argue that that is super liminal because you can identify, you can smell it and you can identify it. It's hard to have a smell that you don't know is there. That that is true. 100% in that category, but it plays that subtleness of, Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or when you go into like Abercrombie and Fitch and they have like such a smell. Yes. Subway, such a smell. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I think about cross country. (laughs) <laughs> I just remember thinking every time I ran by there, oh, I would love to stop and get a sandwich. Yes. So when we what we mentioned before was that this use in advertising became a thing in the 1950s. So by the time 1974 rolled around, the FCC issued a notice against the use of subliminal messaging. And actually, the UK and Australia have banned the use of subliminal messaging in advertising altogether. So it is a hot topic because Mm -hmm. governments are banning it. So it would make you think that it's working, right? Right. But is it a hoax? You know, like, is it just bad science, bad scientific method that we're using? Mm -hmm. We'll find out. Exactly. And we're back. So there are actually a lot of examples you can find on the internet of companies using some sort of version of subliminal messaging. And as Shannon talked about, there is a lot of supraliminal messaging and a lot of subvisuals. So we'll just kind of talk about all these little categories. So in one example of supraliminal is when there was an experiment conducted in a British supermarket. So there was a handful of selection of German and French wines at the same price and sweetness in the store. 
So the store then played German and French music on alternate days. So they're essentially doing an A-B test. But what happened was sales of German wine increased on days when German music was played. And the same thing occurred when French music was played, then there was an increase in French wine for sales. So this, again, is a great example of how audio works and how it can be perceived consciously. So interestingly enough, even though the consumers in this case could hear the in-store music, very few of them reported music as a main factor in their choice of wine. Right. So Which they is could. so interesting. Yeah. And that's still super liminal, even though they're not thinking about the music. They're not like, oh, this is bringing me back to that summer in France. I'm going to get that French wine. They're not thinking that, mm-hmm. but it does you know, they're going in there for wine regardless, and it kind of just swayed their decision one way or the other. Exactly. And I too think even if I were to be part of that group of buying French wine, because I hear French music, I would also answer in the survey, well, music doesn't really play a factor in my wine choice consciously. Like not that again, it's not conscious, but super conscious I wouldn't think music equals wine taste right right (laughs) exactly but the fact that you could hear that it was French music means that it's super liminal Mm -hmm. exactly there's no hiding it right another category is subvisuals uh which was Shannon was talking about earlier which basically are quick flashes of visual images that viewers don't really see So famously in the 1950s, a guy named James Vickery had an experiment where he flashed two frames containing, quote, thirsty, drink Coca-Cola, and another said, quote, hungry, eat popcorn into a film. So it happened so quickly that film viewers were not able to detect them. Just a flash of essentially advertisement to go to the concession stand. Yeah. And James reportedly claims that the popcorn and Coca-Cola sales increased after flashing the words. However, his experiment was proven to be false about the results. So he skewed the results. He said it was an X amount percentage that saw an increase in sales because of that. But even though technically we don't have the exact answers from that experiment, This was one of the first experiments that brought subliminal messaging to the public. And of course, the uh, public's natural reaction was freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. So he was going around saying, this is great for advertising. I was able to convince people to go buy popcorn and Coca-Cola. And turns out he couldn't give any other researchers that data. And Mm. they tried doing it again reconducting the experiment with other people other researchers and they didn't get those results and then I forget how many years later he came out saying that he (laughs) made up the numbers but the effect was still that he freaked out the public enough to have everybody worried about this even though there might not be yeah there might not be anything to be worried about but now everybody's thinking about it yeah and because of James that really put marketing, advertising, subliminal messaging on the map. That is when people started getting interested in it. And psychologists really started to dive into this and marketers and whatnot. Right. And even though it freaked out the public, but it didn't freak out the advertising agencies. So they thought, hey, we're going to try this again. We don't know if it works yet, but we're going to try it. 
Exactly. So an interesting finding for sure, real or fake. (laughs) (laughs) Another category is embeds, which are usually static images embedded in an unchanging visual environment, hiding in our planned site. So essentially just, it's kind of like, where's Waldo, I guess is the best description Mm -hmm. of it. There's something in our plain sight that maybe you don't necessarily see, but again, it's not, if someone points it out to you, you could consciously find it, or maybe you find it on your own. Mm -hmm. And one example of that was in print advertisements, which is where you would commonly find it, where there was a dollar bill and a KFC's burger ad, just blending in with the lettuce of the burger. So that was considered embeds. Another category is sub-audible, which are messages at low volume inserted into louder audio files so that they cannot be heard. So this is kind of sort of what inspired today's episode. As I mentioned earlier, I had Shannon listen to Olivia Rodrigo's songs because she just came out with an album. And one of the songs, actually one of her singles, Deja Vu, there's a line that says, I bet you say I love you in between the chorus and the verse. And I was, I had always wondered, I'm like, man, it would be so interesting if she had said, I love you in between that, because I saw her do a performance like on a YouTube video and she did, she mouthed the words, I love you. So then it really helped me to understand the lyrics. But then I saw a video on Instagram where she said, oh yeah, me and my producer, you might not be able to hear it, but in a very, very low audio in the background, you can hear me say, I love you. And so I had Shannon, I listened to it and oh my God, once I heard it, it was probably the creepiest thing ever. Like, I I kind of got icky like hearing yeah. it. I don't know. Just listening to that song so many times and then hearing the like, I love you with whisper. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it took me, I don't know what, four or five times. to. You kept having to re- yeah. rewind and then rewind. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kept having to go backwards and then going forward. And yeah. Yeah. You could barely, I would, I definitely would not have picked it up if you hadn't pointed it out. Absolutely not. Yes. Same. I mean, I wouldn't have picked it up unless I had listened to the video and then I was just consciously trying to hear, I love you. And that's why I was telling you, I was like, okay, just repeat the words. I love you over Mm -hmm. and over and again. And then hopefully it just matches up to what you hear in your (laughs) mind. (laughs) Yeah. I would definitely consider that a sub audible subliminal message. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder how many other songs have that? Yeah. It's a good question. So another category is back masking. So it's a video message recorded backwards so that the original message is disguised when playing forward. It is often used in pop music, such as in the Beatles famously back mask song number nine. The phrase number nine was repeated over and over in a song. When played backwards, it became turn me on dead man interesting yeah it's kind of cryptic (laughs) (laughs) really looked into that the particular song but it is an example so diving more into some i guess you could say a little pop culture moment here are some different companies that use one may argue subliminal messaging tactics 
Um, the first one is back in 2007, the Food Network made major headlines when it was caught inserting a flash of McDonald's logo during the popular show Iron Chef, although they did claim it was an error. So you can go on YouTube and look this up. And it's very similar to actually James's experiment with the whole Coca-Cola yeah. ad, but it's a lot longer and you really can see it. But just a flash like, ooh, like did McDonald's pay for that? <laughs> suspicious it's very suspicious another is in 2009 burger king launched an advertisement campaign to promote its new seven inch burger which included a single beef patty and the photo of the advertisement featured a surprised looking woman with her mouth wide open facing the product and the caption reads it'll blow your mind away So although the implications are anything but subtle, you know, they're definitely using, you know, the method of sex sells type thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think they're trying to hide it necessarily in that advertisement, but definitely getting the message across for those older viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just I definitely don't think that that was subliminal. Exactly. Yeah, pretty obvious when you see the ad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think that's why I really want to incorporate it because I think that is an industry. I don't want to say industry. That is a strategy, I guess, if you will, of advertisement using like sex cells, having sexy models and Mm. girls and guys or whatever to sell something. And again, it's not necessarily subliminal, unconscious, but you're like, oh, wow, look at this beautiful person. Like, if they're eating this burger, I want to have it. They're so beautiful. Like maybe yeah. it's like the jealousy. So definitely a strategy for sure. Another is, which I did not recognize until doing this episode, Wendy's updated their logo in 2013 for the first time since 1983. And even though it retained a lot of the same elements as the original, the logo attempted to create a positive mental image in the mind of the consumer by including the word mom on Wendy's ruffled collar. So if you look at the logo, you can, knowing that I can see the word mom, but I don't think it was that successful because I don't think people really pick up on that. Is it in a different color or is it? Yeah. So she's wearing a, a blue shirt, I believe. And then the white trim of her shirt spells out mom oh okay i see yeah yeah so definitely take a look at that logo next time you see it this one is another one actually i didn't recognize as subliminal messaging if you will and they do a really really good job of this one it's not as hard to find as wendy but the tostitos logo is kind of considered a hidden message because there's a scene in between the two t's where there are two friends sharing chips and salsa, like using the space. What is Mm -hmm. it? The the blank space? Negative space. Negative space. Thank you. Thank you. To create that. Yeah. I don't really, that one, I'm like, it's just the design of the logo. Like I, 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 when I was reading it, I was like, oh, what is this? And then when I looked at the logo, I was like, oh no, I've seen that before. It's not, I've, I've noticed that it's two people sharing a, chips and salsa before yeah so for me that one's just crafty graphic designers making their logo it's not you know that's yes that's what I think it is just uh creative graphic designers yep yep 
and they did a really good job. I think it looks super blended and yeah, not so obvious. A popular one is Amazon. So if you haven't already heard of this one, it's once you see it again, everything just becomes so obvious once you see it. Yeah. So as we know, Amazon sells everything under the sun. The A and the Z in Amazon, there's, of course, an arrow. And if you actually follow the direction of the arrow, it literally goes A to Z, kind of symbolizing that they have everything. So if you ever need whatever item that you want, they have it A through Z. Yeah. And kind of like diving actually in the same category, kind of like a mailing sort of thing. FedEx also has your uses their white space between the E and the X, and it clearly outlines an arrow. So very good for them. Again, clever use of a graphic design. Mm-hmm. And for today's like last example that we want to share is Baskin and Robbins. And they have a distinct three in one between the B and the R representing their 31 flavors. Right. Again, just a great logo. You know, yeah. they're not trying to sell you anything other than their product. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just a little use of cleverness, but nothing... Mm-hmm. Nothing so criminal. <laughs> right. Because aren't there, there are a lot of songs, like punky songs that have supposedly subliminal messages in them to worshiping the devil kind of stuff. So back in the, I don't know, 80s or 90s, they were freaking out about that. My kid is yeah. listening to this music and it's <laughs> satanic and what have you. But yeah, these were just good logos and <laughs> yeah, a little arrow, you know. Yeah, thirty ones represent the flavors of ice cream. You're right, right. <laughs> Very easy, you know. Again, the question: Does it work? Does it not work? It's very controversial. It's very up in the air of whether it works or not. For the people who do think that it works, they believe that. It can give consumers that extra push towards choosing a certain product or brand, although you might not need it depending on the uh, messaging. But it's important to note that even though let's just say you're a brand and you're like, oh, wow, maybe I should use a little bit of subliminal messaging. Maybe that will help with sales. Maybe, maybe the short term it could, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's all about building trust and transparency. So it's a lot more costly for brands to lose their short-term followers or customers deriving from subliminal messaging than it is to just build it from scratch and just keep do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I read something about it only lasts about 25 minutes from you mm. seeing the stimuli to mm-hmm. it not being effective anymore. Yeah, like what's the point? <laughs> exactly. Along that same vein, relation to it being it not working, there's a mountain of psychological studies that bring light to the fact that it just doesn't work. You know, it, and like Alina said, it doesn't really make the viewer, it can kind of push you towards something, but it can't, if you weren't thinking about buying it, you, you aren't going to all of a sudden want to buy it. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if the word thirst quencher was flashed across the screen quickly, Only people who were already thirsty would go and get a drink. If you were completely satisfied, you're not going to go. And it's not changing your behavior. Mm -hmm. It can only guide a decision, basically. And say you're wanting an iced tea. If Lipton was flashed across, you're going to choose Lipton most likely. 
But again, you have to be wanting that thing in the first place. The other common area of debate with subliminal messaging is actually self-help audio tapes, which I don't know how common they are now. Mm. I feel like I don't hear people listening to that stuff now, but they were popular at a period of time, you know, to help people lose weight, to stop smoking, improve their memory and things like that. So you would just listen to it when you're asleep or when you're just doing other things and it's supposed to help you stop those habits or improve upon things. And research shows that the tapes are actually effective, which is surprising, but they're only effective because of the placebo effect. So you're hoping that it'll help you and then it does help you because you think it is. So basically the subliminal clues are, or the subliminal cues are basically useless at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, despite all of the evidence that subliminal stimuli can sway your purchase behaviors, they aren't as powerful as we believe them to be. And in all of the experience where experiments where consumers demonstrated brand preference over the other subliminal priming, the difference was very marginal and they could redo the experiment and it would you know, counteract with the one they had before that. Mm-hmm. So Alina, where's your tinfoil hat? Do you believe these scientists? Or are you really in on the subliminal messages? <sighs> okay. Where's my tinfoil hat? I think my tinfoil hat is like in my hands. That they work? I, that they work. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just because I mean, maybe not the subliminal messaging, but more of the I don't know, the higher consciousness. So like the supraliminal, that's kind of what makes me hold it in my hands is yeah. more of that. I do think, you know, marketers will tap into anything, like any of your senses to try to get you to buy their product, whether it be visual, audio, sense, whatever. And so I think they do tap into it in in a very safe way like a very non-threatening non-like controlling your mind way and like what we were talking about earlier the examples of graphic designers just being really clever so again just everything on a conscious level I makes me hold my tinfoil hat um higher but like subliminal where you genuinely can't hear and we have absolutely no idea I don't think so just because one um you know we do have a regulation but two I think brands like um, it's almost like a game I can only imagine. Like they want people to think about them. They want people to discover this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do think it works to an extent. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like some of the, the examples of this are just fun things. You know, mm-hmm. they're just trying to be creative. There's a lot of stuff in Disney movies, apparently. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just designers being bored and wanting to throw things in that are weird in the background of cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with that. But as far as subliminal messaging goes, I don't think it's worth any, like it's not going to, it's not beneficial enough for companies to actually use it. So I don't really think that it's really a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the fun. It's like the Easter eggs, if you will, of Mm -hmm. the companies. So I think- And that, I feel like it's all fair. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so that was today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed and just made you start to think about 
you know, how do companies use advertising and marketing? You know, is it product placement? Have you noticed something else with other brands where you've noticed something clever that kind of caught your eye? Companies are willing to do a lot to capture your eye and your money. So just be on the lookout (laughs) and be conscious. So that concludes today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bear Roots Pod, and that's B-A-R-E Roots Pod. And we hope that you guys will give us a follow. Tell your friends to listen to our podcast and share. We have so many great episodes uh, that we've already done and we're going to be continuing. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. And of course, on the in that same grain, same, same breath, same breath along that same grain. that same on the other side of the token, <laughs> on the flip side, um, along that same grain, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> along the same vein, vein, grain, vein. vein. <laughs> <laughs>